Welcome everyone. This is Quantum Nurse and I am Grace Asagra, your holistic registered nurse. And welcome to this special edition. Special edition because we're doing it on a Sunday and but it is so special that here all of us women are gathered together at Quantum Nurse live stream. And if you want to follow us, just use the use the video link in Facebook and, and other platforms. And eventually, I will be uploading this at uh, Quantum Nurse Bitshoot and also at Quantum Nurse Rumble. Okay? So, welcome again. In all history, I just want to share you my thoughts that in all history, when it comes to moments or events of change and revolution, women have played a very strong role in making that change, whether it would be a change at home, with their family, in the community, in their states, their villages, in their nations, in their countries, and around the world. And most of the time, they either play the role as frontline leaders of change or at the back, supporting all the men and others who are making that crucial role so they could do some evolutionary change. So today I am most privileged to be with three ladies from New Jersey. So this is a special edition of what is going on in New Jersey and how you can be a part of it. And I also want to remember that women is a manifestation of the source creation for love and creativity. And most of us, when we really tap into our spirit, we don't even wait for someone to come and save us in any kind of situation. We step up. We step up to be there to help people to be part of the guiding spirit. And I still remember my mother when I was still in the Philippines. We were in the movement, my sisters and I. And my mother, since we had a small restaurant, what she used to do is when we have meetings, she used to prepare food for us. Or if there are some people who are part of the movement, who happens to stop by in a restaurant, she makes sure that she feeds them. So each of us play that special role. So today I'd like to mention the presence of Hillary Jersey, Cecilia Marie, and Andrea Grace. And each of them will be sharing all their thoughts all their plans so that they don't, they don't just have to sit around because we're not just women but most some of us are mothers some of us are going to be mothers to me okay and so this is the day that we will have this conversation and i like to start with hillary because hillary has been around for over 20 years doing a lot of advocacy work to make that change. I present to you, Hillary. Hi, thank you so much, Grace, for having us today. Um, well, it certainly has been quite a year for our country and world. Um, today, we're sharing some of New Jersey's freedom efforts. 
Uh, first, I want to share a little of my history that began my journey back in 2009. I attended a rally um, in Trenton to protect parental choice in giving medical treatment to their children around vaccines. I already had two young kids who were slowly getting their vaccines per the New Jersey state guidelines. I was learning a bit about the risks associated growing in my own religious faith and was coming to the conclusion that families need a choice of what goes into their children's bodies. Fast forward to 10 years later and the New Jersey's medical freedom community celebrated a huge success in January, 2020. That was a model for all medical freedom efforts across the nation as New York and California had already lost the religious exemptions. Thousands gathered in Trenton almost weekly from December 2019 through mid-January 2020 for the purpose of keeping the religious exemption option for school-aged children all the way through college. The New Jersey legislators were, vote were voting to end the religious exemption option for parents who claimed it for their children. The citizens of New Jersey spoke up and on January 13, 2020, over 7,000 supporters of religious and medical freedoms showed up to express their opposition to the withdrawal of this currently standing law. As part of our gathering, we were shown nationwide support for our efforts. Those of us at the rally were sent food and drinks from people across the country. They had contacted local restaurants and ordered enough food to feed those in attendance. This movement has shown that we are a real community of people who are living from our hearts and knowing the truth of our humanity. I'm gonna read the uh, current law now so that it's understood what, what parents have the right to do. Um, it's called NJSA 26 colon 1A-9.1, and it provides an exemption for pupils from mandatory immunization if the parent or guardian of the pu pupil objects thereto in a written statement signed by the parent or guardian upon the grounds that the proposed immunization interferes with the free exercise of the pupil's religious rights. And this is how it currently stands. Then we come to March 2020's declaration of a health emergency, and everything came to a standstill. And then those courageous, bright lights who saw our freedoms quickly being limited and the powers that be using questionable data to make decisions started to rally against lockdowns. They held multiple rallies throughout the spring, summer, and fall of 2020. Speakers on many fronts joined them, outspoken small business owners, medical freedom advocates, and community leaders. We thank them for opening the eyes of many others who are now joining the effort to open New Jersey and bring balance back to our lives. Due to the Health Freedom Warriors' success on January 13, 2020, that prevented the Senate to vote on a bill that would remove the religious exemption around vaccines, a new type of support formed for medical freedom advocates, a political action committee. This is an organization that allows funds to be raised to support candidates who match the philosophy of their mission, and it's called the Public Health Innovate PAC. Their mission is to protect and strengthen the constitutionally guaranteed and fundamental rights of New Jersey residents to make all medical decisions for themselves and their families without coercion or undue constraint. This group includes everyday citizens united to share commitment to defend and advance the freedom for every New Jersey resident to make medical decisions that best serves the bio-individual health needs for themselves and their family. Their website's njphipac.org, uh, or at New Jersey for Public Health Innovate PAC. There are many other efforts going through New Jersey now, and um, there's many ways to get involved. And we hope after hearing this message, you will find a way that fits for you.
There's in-person meetings, there are video conference calls, Facebook groups to join, and many um, other actions that um, we'll be sharing today. We are making, uh, excuse me, we are making efforts to hold in-person meetings on the model of Dr. Pam Popper through Make Americans Free Again. And currently we have active in-person meetings to gather with like-minded and like-hearted people in Essex, Mercer, Union, and Warren counties. And if listeners here have an interest in creating one in their county or joining one, please be in touch through the contact information that's provided. Um, in addition, we host uh, video conference calls every Monday at 7 p.m. Uh, for people throughout New Jersey. We share our current experiences with the restrictions and ever-changing uh, guidelines that continue to come out. Some examples that are affecting so many are the new policies coming forth around those vaccinated and those not, not vaccinated. We need to unite so that we can have clear messages being sent that these policies are illegal. And they're illegal due to being an experimental pharmaceutical product, not FDA approved, and they're only allowed currently under an emergency use authorization. There's no longitudinal studies proving efficacy nor safety. And these are just a few of the reasons why we really need to stand together and send the message that this is unacceptable, that um, there's separation between the vaccinated and unvaccinated. Um, and as always, citizens can contact their state level excuse me, state level legislators through writing emails and making calls to the elected officials and those in leadership for our public health. Thankfully for New Jersey, there are three legislators that are currently engaged in what's happening and taking action. And listeners, please be sure to contact and thank them so that um, they know they have support. The first is Assemblyman uh, Scharfenberger, who has proposed bill number A5096 in the assembly. And it says in summary, the bill restricts establishment of mandates to become vaccinated under the coronavirus disease 2019. I'm sorry, against the coronavirus uh, disease. It also establishes a reimbursement program to cover certain out-of-pocket expenses incurred uh, in order to obtain the vaccine. Assemblywoman DeMasso is uh, working on a bill in the assembly to prevent any New Jersey college or university that receives public tax dollars from mandating the COVID-19 injection. And the fact that the J&J &J vaccine has been paused just solidified her conviction to move this forward, um, this bill forward. Additionally, Assemblywoman DeMasso is involved and in working with Senator Testa on bills in which the legislative both legislative houses would ban vaccine passports in New Jersey. States such as Florida and Texas have already banned them. Yet incredibly, vaccine passports are currently being tested in New York City. The basic function of the vaccine passport is just medical tyranny. It creates segregation and discrimination based, based upon someone's health status that is a private medical matter between a doctor and his or her patient. We must come together in person to show our shared power and commitment to our freedoms in the United States. We have uh, several upcoming New Jersey events that I'm gonna share now. And um, we really hope that um, those who are local and those who are just close enough to come will support these um, amazing, amazing events. Uh, on Monday, May, May 10th at 4.30 in Manahawkin, we'll be supporting a school nurse who was fired recently due to not wearing a mask in her workplace. She saw the harm of the masks on her elementary school students, whom she's supposed to be healing and protecting. She shared those concerns with the Board of Education and the superintendent, and no change in policy took place. So she went to work without a mask to be heard and ended up losing her job. 
In addition, on Friday, May 21st at 11 a.m. in New Brunswick, Brunswick, excuse me, will be rallying to repeal the mandate stated by Rutgers University that all enrolled students must receive the COVID vaccines starting with the fall 2021 term. Many other colleges are joining in in this mandate. We must rally to be heard that this is unacceptable to the people in a free nation. We really, with the students and parents we are coordinating with, are very adamant that this is not something they want for their children and the st students do not want for them to be able to continue their education. Most, and coming up just on Tuesday this week um, in Hartford, Connecticut, we would love if people could get there. there. The Connecticut legislature is doing the same type of thing that New Jersey did in January 2020 and trying to pull the religious exemption option as being, uh, being removed for families and children to use in order to attend public school. Uh, people are needed to attend and obviously pray for success of this effort um, that we held off in January 2020. And for more information, you can look up Connecticut Freedom Alliance. Um, and as I close up here, the, on a national level, there's a pro, uh, an effort made by Peggy Hall through the Healthy American uh, with state focuses. And with the assistance of volunteers, she provides information on each state's regulations and what our rights are as citizens. And fortunately, our, our, my fellow um, colleague here, Cecilia Marie, has been volunteering with her effort and is going to be sharing her experience. Thank you. Thank you, Hillary. Good. You're ready, Cecilia? Yep, I'm, I'm unmuted and ready to go. Uh, so I'm a, uh, I lived in New York for about 20 years, and um, last year I was one of the crazed uh, New Yorkers stuck in a bed, you know, one bedroom. I didn't open my windows. I, I didn't order food out. I was scared. I really thought that, you know, people were dropping in the streets. I, I literally couldn't open my window because I thought the virus was going to come in. Uh, and I was really struck with fear and, and seeing the violence. I said, it's time to go back to my roots. I'm going to go, I used to call it the armpit of the East Coast. Now I am a proud New Jerseyan. So uh, uh, it's nice to be able to be and feel free again. And I said, you know, every state has its issues, but I, I really want to take a stance here and, and make uh, New Jersey feel feel free again, not to quote and be cliche. But uh, what happened was after a while I was, I was putting the mask on and I really felt like I, I couldn't breathe. I felt my lungs hurting. And I was seeing that everyone who was really obsessed with these masks were getting sick. And I said, well, I, I want to take it off. I, I really, I want to be one, I want to be one of those people to stand up for freedom, but I'm scared. I'm, I'm scared of being, you know, attacked. I'm scared of being doxxed. I mean, whatever the case may be. So I got off Facebook. That was my first step. And I followed Peggy Hall and she's at the healthyamerican.org. She has a ton of resources. And what I found is most people want to do this. If given the choice, you, most people will not wear the mask. And if you really are afraid, you're not gonna be going to dance class, you're not gonna be going to dinner. If you're really afraid of getting sick, you wouldn't be doing those things. So when given the option, most people don't wear one. So I said, let me find out a process from Peggy Hall and try and implement it into my life so that I can be an inspiration. They say that courage is courageous and I really, courage is contagious. And uh, I really thought that this was the way forward to really live it because I felt like if I'm not taking my mask off, I'm just continuing complying and, com and you know, aiding and abating. So 
I uh, looked up, I have a cheat sheet, so I'm happy to share it with anyone. And basically it goes through 10 steps and how I use it personally. And this is based off Peggy Hall. I'm not taking credit for it. I call or email the, the business. So I, my mom is 81 and she said, you know, I want you to take me to DSW. My niece is getting married. It's a very special occasion. And I thought, as soon as she said that, I thought, Oh my God, I got to go to DSW. It's going to be a whole thing, but I have to do it. So I emailed customer service. What do, and I said, what is your policy to accommodate people with a mask exemption? And they said, we don't have one. You have to wear it. Everyone it's for everyone's safety. You have to wear a mask. And so that's my initial outreach. And then when someone replies that way, I have a reply stating, um, thank you, you know, thank you for replying and understanding that there are people with mass exemptions. There are New Jersey state laws that prohibit you to have a policy that's private. Since you are a business open to the public, you must accommodate the public despite their disability, aka mask exemption. And I quote New Jersey state laws, and I also got that list. Peggy Hall has state laws for each state that you can that you can get yourself through donation. And I'm happy to share my reply. And I also explained to them that I really want to shop there. I really want to be in peace, give them the money, support small business, support a business. Um, so please let me know if you how you're going to accommodate. Otherwise, I'm going to have to file a complaint. I don't want to do that, but I have to file a complaint. And so DSW came back and they said after internal discussions, looking at the law, um, we're happy to inform you that we will allow you to come in with your mask exemption. Uh, and there's a lot that goes along with that. I mean, you know, that that's a win and that's great, but then you have to go into the store and face, you know, all the glaring eyes and the judgment from people thinking that, you know, just by being there without a mask, you, you know, that you're going to infect and kill them. And that's, that's really what people say. Uh, so, and it's very unfortunate. So my, my task and my stance on this is to help get out there and educate, do business outreach, share with people that a governor cannot make a law health departments can't make a law mandates are not a law. You know, if I really thought that not wearing a mask was going to hurt me or another person, I would wear that mask. I wore that mask a year ago in Brooklyn, just for a walk because I was scared. And I have learned what masks have done to people, what they've done to their health, their mental health, their, you know, everyone that I know who wore a mask has been uh, sick, they've got strep, um, respiratory issues. They've had all types of issues and, um, you know, knock on wood, you know, vitamin C, vitamin D. I'm not, I'm not a doctor. I'm not prescribing anything, but we don't hear about what to do to take care of your own health and to stand up for that and help people. If, if you do get sick, what do we do? You know, for me, that's, that's what I was focused in on. You know, we're surrounded by germs and we want our immune system to be strong. What do we do every day to help support each other's health? And not just, you know, because I've seen it, and I'm sure you guys have seen it too. People out there with a mask, they take it down and smoking a cigarette. People eating McDonald's and, you know, no ju no judgment about what you want to do. But our health start is individual. And we know what's best for our bodies. So in addition to that, I just, you know, was studying because I'm a Peggy Hall volunteer. And I was studying and looking over, you know, people don't, maybe they don't know or they don't know what to say. And that's what I want to help people with. You can actually refuse to wear a mask. You can actually not comply and be lawful in that way. You, you could do it respectfully. I know there's a lot of people who want to avoid confrontation. I never have confrontation. I've been asked to leave um, once and I, I did. And then I filed a complaint, um, but I don't have confrontation, but I have to stay true to myself. And I started a new job and I was a little weary because 
they required a mask upon entry and I would not, I wouldn't submit, I wouldn't comply to that. And I said, we have to, we, we, there's a way around this. We'll need to, so I basically did a curbside pickup for my laptop. And I, I said, I could have easily just put the mask on, but what, what kind of president in my setting, I need to stand up to this because that's like, to me, the mask is the foundation. They, that was a test. Like how far can we push people? How long can we push this mask? knowing that it doesn't work, doesn't help you. How long can we push this? And how far are people going to comply knowing that it defies common sense and logic and fact? So um, some of the things that Peggy Hall is sharing um, is there's ways that you can fly with an exemption. Uh, there's also mask-free resources as religious exemptions. There's um, a U.S. civil rights protection against tests, vaccines, and masks. So, if you need help, if you if you know something's wrong, I mean, there's a really great book too. You know, if you know something's wrong, but you don't know what to do, it's by uh, Anna von Wrights. Um, I highly recommend it because there's just so many of us out there that we want to help, we want to do something, we don't know what to do. And Peggy uh, Peggy Hall has been a trailblazer in this arena. She has been a, a voice and a force to, to be reckoned with, and wants to help everyone, no matter who you are. So. Um, that's really uh, my take on, on what I'm doing. And there was just one more thing I wanted to share from Peggy Hall. Let me just get to my test, uh, my uh, email. Okay, so success stories of people traveling, um, traveling on buses, on trains, I mentioned airplanes, um, also the, the post office. I mean, little things, little errands that you can run just to understand that, you know, you're not alone and you could be, you know, I was always that person said, why aren't they doing something? Well, who is the why? Uh, who, who is that? And it's, we, you know, like Grace was saying in the beginning, you know, there's nobody coming to save us. Like, this is it. I, that's the one lesson I've learned that I'm the person that has to save me. And once we start really uniting and coming together, we can make change. And I, you know, I don't want to turn into an, a government com conversation. I'm just going to end on this note. Um, the government is there to serve us. They're, they're public servants. You know, we have enlisted them to help us, we the people, and to know what's right for us. If they're doing things that are not right for us, we have, a, we have the voice and the power and the law behind us to stand up for what we think is right. So just like the rallies, and it just takes one person, like the mask mandates that have been removed from all these states, uh, New Jersey has yet to lift it, but um, it just started by one person filing a lawsuit. So it's just like Pam Popper had, it's just one person starting. You don't have to gather in 20 people and shop at Whole Foods. You don't have to get a group of, you know, a hundred people. It starts with you. It starts with one person. And that one person sees another person. I, w I went into a dry clean. I said I was going to end on that. One more, one more thing. And then I'll go to Andrea. Sorry. I went into a um, dry cleaners and I didn't have a mask on. And I, I saw that the, the dry cleaner owner didn't have a mask on. So of course I'm all giddy, like, yay, you know, we're making strides here. And someone comes in behind me and she comes in with a mask and I look, I said, Oh boy. And she's like, she looks at me. She looks at the owner. She takes it off. She's like, I hate this mask. And I'm like, good, take it off. And the owner was like, do you want me to put it on? I'm like, no, I'd really appreciate if you didn't put it on. Like, let's, let's all like, let's all support one another. And, and that's what I mean. It happens. This is real life and real time situations that we can help empower people and know that they can take care of their health and, and do things other than just slap a mask on thinking that's a false sense of security. So with that, um, I'll, I'll move over to Andrea. I, I met her through a New Jersey County initiative. Um, a, another one who's like really setting the stage for medical freedom. She's living it, has her own business. 
And um, she's gonna tell her story about what she's doing in New Jersey. Grace, you're so good. I love your little sign. Um, yeah, so we're in a strange time for sure. And it's great to hear everybody's stories and Hillary's um, advocacy is, is um, to be respected and acknowledged. Um, and and uh, Cecilia, yours too, at the, at the very personal level. Um, so I have a natural healing center, which is where I am. I'm Australian uh, by birth. I've lived here in New Jersey since 2002. Um, I, uh, you know, my healing practice is mostly uh, teaching meditation and energy work at stress reduction. Um, our mission statement here is non-invasive preventative care. So uh, it's how I live my life and it's how I guide my students and my clients to live theirs as well. Um, so I'm not naturally an advocate, um, but when the conditions are right, um, it seems that there's an advocacy archetype that um, gets to drive the, the bus for a while. Um, so what happened for us was that uh, legislation started to bump up against our freedoms. And that was back in um, 2013 when the New Jersey um, massage and body work regulations were um, edited. And so what I practice are the Eastern healing arts. I practice Reiki, Jinshinjutsu, medical Jigong. Um, and so these are basically, they're just light touch. So it's energy and light touch practices. There's no manipulation, um, there's no remote harm. And so the regulations, um, the regulations were for massage and body work were rewritten to include um, energy, how that that massage would include um, working on the energy fields of the body. So then suddenly we energy practitioners, energy and light touch practitioners, Reiki practitioners, healing touch practitioners here in New Jersey, were now lumped into um, massage and body work, but we're not massage and body workers. We don't have massage license. So it, it's, it, it is this whole conversation is about how legislation bumps up against our freedoms. So we, this would mean that the energy workers would have to go and get a massage license. Um, and energy workers are not massage therapists. It would be like asking a veterinarian to, we lost our host, I think. Um, but it would be like asking a veterinarian to become an MD in order for them to be able to practice being a veterinarian. It just doesn't make sense. They're completely different practices. So as a result, um, we, we, put our advocacy hat on and through a grassroots effort, we were able to um, secure a statement from the then acting attorney general saying that energy workers, um, are, are, if you don't intend to practice massage, welcome back, Grace. Uh, if we don't intend to practice massage or body work, then, then you don't. So we secured that here in New Jersey and, and still the law is intact. It's the regulations that became the problem. And now we have this uh, statement from the then acting attorney general. Um, and that's here in New Jersey, but it's happening, happening all over the country. So as a part of that, I, I went to um, what was called a, the Health Freedom 
Congress. It was organized by a woman called Diane Miller. Um, and it was there that I started to see the whole big picture because the other people who were attending that Health Freedom Congress were um, talking about um, changes that they're observing in the air quality um, and how it was affecting the, the quality of our soil and how the, the health and well-being of our flora. And then there were also people who were talking about farming. And so I learned that there is a, a farming mafia, basically, uh, who control our food. And then, you know, I learned also about um, vaccine injury. And so this was the first time that I'd really heard about it. And as a child, when I was growing up in Australia, there was this phenomenon at the time called SIDS, and we don't really talk about it anymore. But even as a small child, somehow being, you know, I don't know, 10 or 11 years of age, even a young teenager, I remember having the thought or at least somehow expressing it amongst my friend group that there was speculation, I guess, we didn't know, but that could it be uh, related to um, the vaccines? But we didn't know. This was just somehow... So, so when I, when as an adult now, and I hear starting starting to learn or hear these stories of vaccine injury, um, I remembered that time, and it it became something that was, um, you know, a possibility in my mind. So I started to hear testimony, and it was very moving and heartbreaking testimony. And then at the end of that congress, which was happening in Minnesota, um, and her organization, by the way, is called the National. Um, Health Freedom Coalition. And um, so they wanted to finish the Congress with a movie. And it was the movie that was being premiered. So now we're in 2016, and the movie was Vaxxed. And so um, Del Bigtree and Andy Wakefield were there to premiere the movie and to give a talk about it. And this was the first time I knew anything about any of it. Uh, and to the degree. So my heart was broken. Something woke up inside of me that this is inherently wrong. Um, you know, being a natural health practitioner, we already are predisposed, I think, to be leaning towards natural solutions for health and wellness. To start with your food, your water, your exercise, your relationships, your mindset. Um, so we start there. And, and so, so out of my practice, Hillary was one of my very first clients. Um, and so we asked her to be a part of that, that advocacy movement. Um, and so for me, Hillary was the advocate. That's, that was her work. I got to sit on my cushion. I got to go on retreats. I got to teach my sweet classes. I got to have, you know, beautiful sessions with my clients. Um, but now, and then here we are in, and then 2020 happened. Um, and so it gives us something new to respond to. And what became apparent was this, um, this movement towards using the public health story um, to, to enforce certain kinds of, um, in the short term, EOs executive orders, but that have been perpetuated way beyond this emergency 
the actual physical reality of an emergency way beyond that. And so now that it's in reality reached its, you know, again, colloquially speaking, reached its statute of limitations in terms of our logic and our reason that why aren't things going back to normal when we have other other medicines that we publicly haven't heard about because they've been blacklisted and um, and active censorship, um, but but there are enough of us who know in the functional medicine world, in the integrative medicine world, in the natural healing world, who know that they're who've kept their eye on the on the on the narrative and know that there are other medicines and other treatment protocols that are available. So, you know, from that standpoint, we can't unknow that there's some kind of financially backed, tech backed um, movement going on or agenda, I guess, is, is, is here that's helping to um, impact how we think, how we live, um, how we, how how we live i mean at the it my my life has changed in that normally i fly back to australia every year and that's been curbed for example because it would mean two weeks of quarantine in what's called a medi hotel um and so this brings me to where we are so um so my friends are like-minded and so we, at some point, just looked at each other and said, there has to be another way. What can be done? And we came across, um, just like um, Cecilia said, that we came across um, Dr. Pam Popper. So Peggy Hall, I came across Peggy Hall first, but um, I wasn't paying too much attention to it. And then I came across Dr. Pam Popper. She's in Ohio. And she's also a very strong advocate. And she's just su suggested, you know, start having in-person meetings. And so uh, we decided that my friend and I decided that we would start having in-person meetings. And it was more of a social thing just to meet with like-minded people, people who are aware that, um, you know, we have God's given sense and we have our own immune systems and we're healthy, we're whole and we're complete. And from our direct experience with reality, there aren't any problems. We understand that there is something going on, but in the moment that we're experiencing our, our body sovereignty, we desire to spend time together. There's no good reason to not spend that kind of time together. So lo and behold, more and more people started to come. And then we realized that... Um, you know that that as we started together, we can we can uh, use our we can use all of our minds and our abilities to be able to take some kind of action that would help bring us closer to living the lives that we want to live, creating a life that we want to create, um, rather than being subjected to to at this point has become irrational dogma. Um, so so that's that's pretty much where we are at and so out of this we um we have started to um contribute our efforts to uh for a rally at rutgers um because that is the reason why 
the reason the reason why Rutgers is such an important place for us to really show um, another way, another possibility for life, even in the face of um, a, a an illness that is um, has caused a lot of damage, um, because young people are the lowest risk and their immune systems are strong, their immune systems are adaptive. And so there is no good reason why the schools should be kept in lockdown or the students should be restricted. Um, so Rutgers is a state university. So we think that if, if Rutgers, so either Rutgers mandates get to set a precedent for restriction or if we don't say something and and express our our uh what our lack of consent then um then we set a precedent for freedom right so we either set a precedent for restriction or we set a precedent for for freedom and so rutgers also is being a state university um he being here on the East Coast is also important because we know that, as Cecilia was saying, that New York has not stood up to legislation. New York has not united. New York has not uh, organized. And so as a result, they're, they're the, one of the most restrictive states already. And so the East Coast needs to do something massive and it needs to do something differently so that we can bring about freedom and change here because if we don't then the rest of the country i see this is my personal opinion i can see how the rest of the country will will follow suit um, and if the rest of the country follows suit and um, succumbs to this kind of top-down over parenting this top-down essentially it's become tyranny um, then then really I can't see how the rest of the world will really will, will have anything to stand on either. And the reason why the United States is so special is because we the United States has a constitution and has a Bill of Rights. You know, I said I grew up, I'm a naturalized American, so I grew up in Australia. It's a socialized democracy. And if you read their constitution, they don't have a Bill of Rights. Their, the, the, their constitution is just... Um, basically how to set up a parliament. And, and so really the whole world is looking, if you, if you look at European lawyers and European doctors and even Australian doctors and, and lawyers, you're finding that they're actually looking to the US to, to base their, um, their, their cases on US law because we have the constitution and we have a bill of rights that inherently protects the people. And what's important here too is why New Jersey is because here's where our constitution started. You know, this is New Jersey, Philadelphia, and New York. This is the land literally where Washington, Washington walked, and this is the land Weehawken where Hamilton died. And if you go back into the original papers that were building this country, they're based on basic human good values. And so I think now is the time that we need to come back to that. And so if anything, anything, 2020 and all of this is creating the opportunity for us to know what we want and to ask for it and to take action on it. And I can talk a lot more from the spiritual perspective, but I just wanted to give um, just a, a, con a context, I guess, from where I've personally come from 
um, and how it's arrived in me to take massive action. Um, it was a little bit of a conflict at first, actually, because I felt that there was a need for action and for people to organize, for me to put my hat in the ring, as it were. And so I meditated on it. I prayed on it. And, you know, is my time better spent in contemplation, in meditation, um, just helping people feel at peace with what's going on to help relax from the stress of it, um, to help um, build resilience, actually. But the message that came through was that um, the message that came through loud and clear was that Jesus was an advocate. Um, so that that was essentially my my massive instruction. Uh, so I'm using my body, the body that has been given to me to take this action and to use this voice that's been given to me to use my words um, and to align with my true God nature, the laws of God is what I align and convict myself to, not to the man-made insane ideas of man-made laws. Um, and so that's that's where we are, I think. Thank you very much, everyone. And uh, to our viewers, thank you so much. Let me just share some of their comments, okay? And they said, um, they're thanking us for being here. And it says, Teresa says, I agree, something is very wrong. Yes, why Why we need to con to go to Connecticut on Tuesday, I think to support um, whatever protests going on there, okay? And then um, she also said, I will be at Rutgers as well. Mur then she says, Murphy slash Sweeney will continue to push for mandates. So that's what some of the comments. Now, what I wanted to share to the viewers is that if you see and you listen right now, each of us came from different stories, different stages, faces of when we came together or be involved or be awake, whatever you call it. So in so doing, Rest assured that there's never too late. I always say that when you wake up and you're still breathing, you still have a chance to do something magnificent. I always say that. And with my background, um, I, I'm, I grew up in the Philippines and also raised in the Protestant church. And I'm sharing that not because I want to um, just present to you that it's only from that perspective that you could find your spirituality. Because I've never met anyone who has a different faith than mine, meaning the one that they've been raised to, who never, who didn't speak of love, respect, and freedom. It's all in the scriptures. And my experience is that just, yes, as a Andrea said, that Jesus is an, was an advocate. I still remember that he spoke for the poor. I still remember him getting mad. So I said, that's very human. And if he can speak for those who are oppressed, I think it's giving me a message that that is part of the mission of life, of part of being created, of coming into this existence in this earth. So that became like my, my foundation 
not to even respect my body, my physical body. And that also became my foundation to understand that if you are ill, it's impossible that there is no solution, wellness provided from nature or from whatever God made it for us. So I said, okay, you know, so, but my, my, my interest in both indigenous science to Western science was always coming together. So I just kind of played with that. And in, in so doing, when I came to United States, in, you know, it's easy for me to collaborate with people from different backgrounds, especially people coming from other countries. What does that mean? I think most of us who came from other countries and came to live or seek a greener pasture, that's what we call United States, is because there is some type of dissatisfaction perhaps that we have from where we are or some type of feeling that we can contribute much more when we come to United States. So those two things I was feeling when I, was, when I came. So that, that seeing that mask over my face and my mouth, it kind of reminded me of someone putting their hands on you. It's like, shut up, don't say anything. That's the first thing that I, I felt, especially when I see nonprofit organizations whom I thought can see the picture, the bigger picture, and yet in their websites and other move in, in their activities, they're literally not saying anything about the mask. So that's, as I said, it doesn't make sense. And when it comes to health, early on, now I'm a grandma. I'm a grandma, and as you see, I can be a poster child for a good health, okay? I, I'm not in any one type of medication. And all my coworkers, when I used to work in the hospital, whether it be New York or in Princeton for 20 years, they are my testimony for everything that I've done to empower myself. And as Cecilia said, she and also While we're waiting, um, so Cecilia, I had a similar mask story where I went into the supermarket uh, last week and uh, I actually followed in a woman who also wasn't wearing a mask and I thought, great, because usually what I do, I just kind of hang out and pretend that I'm going to put it on and then I just do my business and then, um, and then I, you know, as I'm going to check out, then again, I'll pretend I'm fiddling with it. So it seems to be it's more about it's not about the mask actually it is it's literally about the mask it's whether they can see that you have it or not whether you are um it seems to be at this level a point of control and um so grace i was just while you were jumping on and jumping off i was just sharing with with the girls a story about how 
um, I, a mask story where I went into the supermarket and the, I was called out by uh, an, an employee, employee. And then I, I ignored her at first and then she, uh, she squared me off in one of the aisles and then she asked me, ma'am, do you have your mask? And I said, I don't. And she said, why don't you have one? And I said, well, it's, I just started to say, speak. I said, well, it's, it's actually not good for my health. And then she stopped me and she said, all I need to hear is that it's your choice that you're choosing not to wear one. And I said, yes, that's right. It's my choice not to wear one. And I thought, okay, that's fantastic. So um, I think people now are just getting sick and tired and their own rational minds, their own reason is finally, you know, taking, taking over. Correct. And we do have a choice. And the choice and an example again is with, I, I, I still work as a registered nurse with the elders. And that's why I feel passionate that I have to do this podcast because I felt like I was choked up once the center was closed. And then here are the elders are being left um, less attended. You know, they have families, but not like when we were part of that extended family. So there's a choice. And when I say that, because people keep asking me whether it's be a home health aide or the clients themselves, like um, if if it's mandatory, if it's this, like, so I said, no, you have a choice. It It is your choice. And I will respect your choice. I have my choice that I didn't vaccinate my son and he's now 33 years old, 34. And I didn't vaccinate him right from the beginning. And, and uh, all these ladies were giving you resources on how to do that. And, and, and also New Jersey really is really interesting. I still remember when a friend of mine who lives in Texas said, why don't you move to, to Texas? Because most of my classmates it were in Texas and it's a nice warm weather. And I came from the from tropical islands. But I keep thinking about the different people living in New Jersey coming from different culture. And I'm, I feel like I can feel more home at home and learn more because this New Jersey as a garden state. I said, why do they call it a garden state? And then of course, wow, there's really like, you have an ocean, you have a mountains and this wealth of nature will also empower all of us especially New Jersey people. So yes, we do have to be that center of change. And if there's anything that, you know, you want to reach out, these are the ladies who are actively, they have their boots on the ground as they say it, okay? And, but I wanted to ask, like, I wanna ask Hillary. So Hillary, you're a mother, you have children, you're a, a, a wife, so, I know others might be thinking, how does she do that? I won't have time. So just tell us, well, you know, what you can share to them because, you know, some 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 people just need a little bit more help. And I made this little bit of a banner again so people can see what you've been talking about, okay? That's great. Yeah, thank you, Grace. Um, so really, it's finding your niche and what you're able to do with the time you have. 
Um, and when my kids were smaller, it definitely was more challenging. Um, they're, they're now older and, you know, more independent, but, um, so I've been able to do a lot more with this and I've just, it's, it's like, it's just in me that I, I have to take action now. Um, the, the roles that I played earlier, I was part of a, a group, um, which is open as I didn't mention earlier is, um, New Jersey, uh, for vac uh, vac sorry, New Jersey Coalition for Vaccination Choice. Um, and they try to um, connect with legislators in New Jersey. So it's as easy as sending emails or a phone call when there's some alert that goes out. Um, and you can do these um, through other actions. Um, there's websites, um, NJ for Freedom, there's Facebook groups um, that you can get involved with. Let me find my list here. Sorry, I have a whole, whole bunch. Um, there's NJ No Forced COVID. COVID shots um, Facebook group. And um, anyway, it's it's really finding what makes sense to you, taking action with writing letters, um, if it, being in person and being with like-minded communities are great. Uh, people with younger children, I know they've made a lot of efforts to connect at parks and, and public spaces. Um, and there's those that, you know, don't want to have their children wear masks. So they're, they're identifying those um, fellow parents that are in agreement and they're connecting and just trying to keep their children's childhood as normal as possible. So it's really just reaching out a little bit and maybe inquiring with um, your neighbors or watching behaviors to see who might be like-minded um, and be willing to meet with you in those kinds of settings. I hope that was helpful. <laughs> and a Andrea, there are many people still who will always think that, you know, they just have to do a quiet time and uh, not be part of the maybe aggression of promoting any of these narratives. And uh, but as you said earlier, uh, you, you began with that conflict. What else can you advise on people on really finding what's true to their spirit? And well, we know when when you're practicing the the eastern healing arts you know that where intention goes the energy flows and where the energy flows your biology goes so um and then healing is possible when we create the conditions or stimulate the environment for healing and so healing is really just a remembering of our inherent wholeness um, so remembering that we're whole and complete, that nothing's missing. So in order for our collective consciousness to have allowed what is going on right now to be a part of our direct experience, uh, it means that there's a sickness, there's an ill, there's a dis-ease at the level of mind, at the level of consciousness. Um, and so we need to know that and be mindful about that and then check in with ourselves about how I keep leaving my truth, where I keep leaving love, um, where I keep leaving trust in God, in my, um, my own ability to heal and to be well, to thrive. Um, when I forget, it's my God-given right to be happy. So if these are not the conditions that you find yourself in, then you need to align yourself with, with whatever it needs to take, whatever you need to do in order to create those conditions for yourself. So, um, so right now, um, 
if if you feel if you have had the thought somebody should do something like cecilia said somebody should do something uh then that's your god-given inspired thought uh igniting something inside of you to give you the prescription that it's yours to do um so my invitation is just start educating yourself just start questioning the mainstream narrative there so again in the eastern healing arts i can only come from that place because that's my foundation right but we we don't label things that we don't we don't look for what's wrong we're not trained to look for what's wrong um but rather we're we're trained to look at what is and then um change the conditions and change the environment so if what is is creating stress and disease then we now work on changing the conditions and changing the environment at the mental level at the emotional level and then at the physical level so um so so that's what we so yes my invitation would be to uh start educating yourself questioning the mainstream narrative looking at the places that feel stressful inside of your bodies um we have a we have a grand misunderstanding of the function of our emotions um our emotions are actually an alarm clock that are designed to wake you up wake us up to the fact that we in that moment have just left god's grace we've just left trust we've just left our 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 knowledge that we are safe and supported and held in this moment that we that everything is conspiring to contribute to our existence and our own aliveness aliveness in this moment so what we have gotten into the habit of doing is we we interpret our emotions as a justification that the insane thought that we're believing is right um rather than using it as an an alarm clock to say oh wait i actually what i'm believing is not right this is the effect of me believing a thought that isn't right so if you if you have stressful feelings <laughs> in your body if you're upset if you're afraid if you're judgmental and critical if you're feeling like you need to control everybody um this is your alarm clock to say actually you might want to re you might want to kind of check out your your line of thinking your your um you know the stories that you're you're believing in that moment so um so if that's coming through as an inspired thought that um somebody needs to do something then do it and part of us you know we came here what's also fun in a way about what's going on is that we came here to be happy we came here to beget love because love is what we are so we just came here to be the instruments and the channels and to keep perpetuating love um so happiness is a byproduct of that and we came here really to know ourselves and and to to experience ourselves in this environment or whatever environment that we're in with a curiosity so if you came here to you know with and your nature is more akin to say a honey badger Okay, be a honey badger. But if you came in and you're you're more kin to being a deer or being, you know, a, a, a even a fox or a, an eagle, then, you know, be be what you came here to be. Um don't be anything different. So but but you know when you're in alignment with what you came here to be and what you are because it begets happiness. it begets joy it it feels a sense of empowerment um and you are inherently at peace so for me my action is not a stressful it's not stressful 
Um, I'm not ruminating. I'm not thinking about it. I'm not analyzing anything. I'm simply receiving a direction and following the direction. That's it. That's that is the quality of my advocacy. I don't have bigger stories about it, but I know that it's choiceless. It's choiceless, and that's why I'm fighting for this idea of choice, because the the idea of choice is actually the precursor. It's not even about that. It's the realization that it's choiceless, that you check in every day and and live what is true, for, good, and right for you every day. Um, so that's what I would say. Fantastic, fantastic advice. Okay, just what we need to hear more and more because you know it can be stressful, but at the end, I like to always remember what a mentor used to tell me, don't let anything or anyone take the joy out of your life. So that's still our power as you know, human beings. Cecilia, since you moved um, from New York, how's your friends and how's your family? Is everyone with you in this issue or what, what stories can you share? It's a really good question. I'm looking forward to the Just answer. Trust. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she froze. You're good, Cecilia. Yes. Your your audio, but we can see you. Not to worry. Um, so, but these things really been happening lately. You know, she'll be back. But uh, well, how about you guys? How about you ladies? I know Andrea mentioned that your friends are at least you have still same friends? Uh, <laughs> well, the friends that I have in, in New Jersey, um, most of them, most of my friends were clients. And so because I've had my, my space, I've been doing my work here uh, since 2008, uh, naturally those relationships have evolved into, into friendships. And so we, we find ourselves to be like-minded because for somebody who is interested in the kind of work uh, and they're ready for what, what they, the benefits that they can receive from working with me, um, aligning with their soul's purpose, helping to align with, connect with, know and manifest their, their soul's gifts um, so that they can be all that they came here to be, uh, that's somebody who is not interested in being the victim necessarily. They're not interested in being a martyr. They may have some awareness of how the saboteur shows up in their lives. Uh, so basically they're asking for another way. And so they're, they're just inherently more open-minded or just more aligned with, um, with health freedom, I guess, just naturally. But yes, I've certainly noticed that, um, what my my stance i guess or as i express my truth because it's not really a it's really it's not yeah it's choiceless i don't even know how to say it differently at first i was i was so confused when i started to express myself on social media i was confused that there was pushback 
because I thought, how could you expect me to be anything different? Like, how could you even think that I would think differently to to what I'm what I'm expressing here? Um, because of course I would think this way, uh, because I just have so much direct experience with and trust in a my God, a God, uh, b reality, the inherent, natural, abundant, unconditional, loving support that is here now, and now, and now that never leaves me. Um, I have absolute faith and trust in my own immune system. Um, I have, I, I have a lifestyle, which is again is choiceless that contributes to um, supporting my body's natural innate healing intelligence. Um, so yeah, so any kind of pushback from my friends and family has been confusing. Um, I have been labeled by people who are very close to me as an anti-vaxxer, uh, also as a conspiracy theorist, which is interesting because those create division and are lazy. Um, they're, they're, they're intellectually lazy. It's If you're throwing that out, then it means that you are hiding behind, um, it's kind of like a, yeah, you're hiding behind this concept to prevent yourself from actually doing your own research and perhaps finding an inconvenient truth. I think that's why people defend or hide behind those labels because um, the truth is, is very inconvenient and it can have the effect when you keep going and uncover certain things, it can have the effect of um, really shifting your, your whole worldview. And if you don't have the resilience, so I can understand it. I'm not judging it. I, I can understand it because if you don't have the spiritual resilience, if you don't have the physical resilience, if you don't have the mental emotional resilience, um, it, you're, it could be potentially crumbling. So, so I get it. I, I understand it. But yes, I have, I have received, um, you know, some, some friendships certainly have been, have, have changed their, their quality. If I, can say it that way. Thanks for sharing. How about you, Hillary? Any significant yeah. experience? Yeah. So no. Yes, it's definitely been interesting and um, coming to my truth and even being on this podcast is a whole awakening that now I'm going to be out and not, um, you know, clear to people that I maybe I hadn't talked so openly about um, with what's going on or what my feelings are on it. Um, so yes, no, I definitely have some friendships that have. Um, I don't know, I've gotten less deep or I spend less time with them or talking to them, even if they're not local. Um, and if we do connect, we've really tried not, we don't talk about this, <laughs> what's happening. Um, so that's been an interesting thing. And even within my family, um, I'm definitely more um, the black sheep, I guess, in this whole view. And um, fortunately, uh, my dad at least is willing to have discussions with it and um, a little bit open to it. Um, but, and I, you know, leave it as it's, it's their choice and what they do, but I just try to share, you know, what I see is the truth. And, um, so they don't bring harm to themselves, but again, it, it's their choice on what they decide to do. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been interesting. And the, the positive of it, I guess, is that I've made new friends and, um, met wonderful other people that do align, um, and that I feel comfortable with, and you become more aware of, when you aren't in alignment with somebody, which, you know, is uncomfortable. Like, um, like Andre says, it doesn't, um, 
feel right. It's it's not quite there. Um, and yeah, I just I guess I try to be I try to be careful to be you know at least try to open eyes so that it doesn't become a contentious thing. And um, if if they want to learn more, I give them that opportunity. But um, every, you know everyone's on their own path on this and. Um, if, if it's adding more stress to them, that's a little bit concern, you know, more concerning and that they can't um, work through to have a conversation or to, to research it on their own. Um, but um, for the, for, yeah, for the most part, it's, it's been a, it's been a very interesting learning experience. <laughs> and I guess the benefit is in the end, I, you know, um, I have kept friendships. They've just kind of evolved. And then I've met many new, uh, new people to include in my, in my world. So. Can I just add to it real quick before we go to Cecilia that, you know, when I've drilled down, taken the time to have conversations um, with friends who haven't agreed or have been frightened, I don't know if they haven't agreed. Anyway, what I wanted to say is that when we drill down, we want the same things. We, we want what we want at the core of it. Our values are the same, actually, at the very deep core of our nature is that what we want is for everyone to be happy and to be free. And what we want from the medical establishment and for ourselves is to do no harm. We all want that. It's just our perceptions um, of how we how we create that. That's more what I'm seeing. And so for me, uh, I'm not so enamored by the medical establishment. Um, so it's it's not so. And I've also experienced medical miracles for myself. And I know the power of, of uh, complementary and alternative medicines, including homeopathy, um, including the energy work, including herbalism, including um, um, you know even well I was going to go to hypnosis because we can because I've also experienced medical miracles through the work of the quantum healing hypnosis, for example. Um, so anyway, just to bring that back around, I think at the very core of it, we all want the same things. And that is, we want all beings to be happy and free. We want, no, we want the medical establishment for ourselves, for each other to do no harm. It's just somehow the translation of it has gotten, um, has gotten confused through the spell casting of the mainstream media and, and, you know, our leadership at this time. Thank you, uh, Cecilia. <laughs> Welcome. Sorry, I don't know. Technical difficulty. Um, sorry about that. I, I'm on my laptop now, so I don't know if this connection is uh, that great. But I really just wanted to, can you hear me? Yes. I We can hear you. Okay, I, I don't want to go on if if it, if it was staticky. Uh, okay, um, so yeah, have changed completely. I really um, <clears throat> not to seem to come, from, but it's really aligned with people who are living in complete fear. And I, you know, I do want to help. I actually am to Andrea's point. I'm a hypnotist. I have a certification, and I, I help a lot of people really down deep here. And I know that a lot of people are afraid of dying. I mean, that that's really what, what it is. People are afraid of dying. They're afraid of the unknown. And it's really helping people uh, question the narrative. You know, the mainstream, you know, a family member said to me, you know, are you getting the vaccine? And I, I said, I'm, I'm not getting the vaccine 
these reasons. And um, here are some side effects that you may want to look into it. And I'm not telling you guys that we're not suggest research for yourself and see if this feels right. And she said, why aren't they saying that on the news? Like, why aren't they putting that on the TV? And it's getting people to see that the TV is is just that. You know, there's there's a funny meme of a, a girl with a hammer sledging to people saying, all right, I've killed the virus. And, you know, it's unfortunate, but the, the mainstream media narrative is filled with fear, doom, and destruction. I mean, I've turned that off uh, a, a while ago. And it's going out there and saying, okay, well, friends and me, things differently you know a lot of people say jimmy just put the mask on or cecilia sorry for <laughs> myself as my alias just put the mask on i mean come on they're just they're asking you to put the mask on I'm asking them to be for rights as andrea said we are for you know it's god creator and then our rights we are above all of the company. they're making suggestions they fit and they're whatever they want to get. I, I want to just make one more note from um, one of your audience members who mentioned Sweeney and uh, Murphy. I have written, I've called, and uh, you know, a lot of it, well, it's election year, so there's due. And it really, that's when I started to say, I can't rely on legislature in New Jersey to to the right decisions for me and for my family, for my friends, for our state, for our country. We, we can't rely on that because their loyalties lie um, with pharmaceutical companies or, you know, whatever they do. I, you know, I don't want to get into that. But the point is, it doesn't matter what we are. Our rights are God and creator or whoever you believe, whoever that universal force is. It's from there. It's right here in our heart. It has nothing to do with a bill. And while, yes, I believe we have to stand up for everything, we, we are rights. We are free women and men. So it, it's based on that. It's not based on a bill or what they tell us that we need to do or live by. It's by do no harm to ourselves and to others and to live true and love one another really truly from the heart. So circling back to the friends, some people just don't want part of that. They're, they're in a state of whatever it is that doesn't allow them to express that fear. And they're, they really are crippled with, um, you know, being afraid of, of whatever it is being that beacon of light being you know and I ask every day ask God please tell me what am I supposed to do lead me on how I can help other people how I can educate how I can lead through example let your will be my will so that I can be who you created me to be to Andrea's point so I'll, I'll end on that thank you any anyone has any question for anybody here I was just interested in sharing a few more um, outlets if people could research, if that's okay. Um, so there's uh, Innovative Parenting of New Jersey, and there's um, they have a website as well as Facebook pages, um, New Jersey Against COVID Vaccine Mandates. Uh, there's New Jersey Parents for Barefaced Schools. Uh, there's a big push right now so that um, when schools open in September, um, obviously sooner would be better, but that's the children go back without masks on. Um, and they're also working on um, a big rally coming going forward. We, there's there's not details yet, but there's definitely going to be pushback for that. Um, so um, there's many many ways to get involved. 
there's, um, and for like constitutional rights, uh, there's groups around New Jersey Sons and Daughters of Liberty. There's the New Jersey Families for Safety, Religious and Constitutional Rights. Um, there's many, many ways to get involved in groups that I'm sure people can identify, um, identify with. Um, then, um, that, yeah, so those are, those are the ones I wanted to share to make sure they got heard. Hillary, later, can you please give me all, all that information? Because I will still add it when I publish this Wonderful. Uh, live stream, okay? So yes, great. Thank you. It. Yeah. How about, um, Moya, anyone, you know, more information or last few thoughts for everyone? Uh, uh, like for me, I will just say that it really helps me to be grounded when I'm also connected with you. Because when I started the live stream, of course, I, right away I was connected globally. And, but yep, just like what we learn about health that we need to be grounded. So I am being grounded also by being connected with New Jersey movement, New Jersey folks, not just making these global connections, okay? so. That's my experience for that. So well, I encourage everyone to be do the same in your own little town and your own little state. But for all those New Jersey people, here we are. Here's Hillary, Andrea, Cecilia, and many more. Many more are out doing their thing. Okay. So I, I just I just would reiterate um, to really look to come out. Um, the rallies that we have, uh, you know, our peaceful rallies, people come with their children. Um, it's really just to show solidarity um, that we are not happy with, with what has been um, proposed and instituted. Um, so May 21st is the rally that we're um, working with parents and students of Rutgers who um, are not happy with the situation. Um, and then um, May 10th is this effort to support um, a school nurse who is really trying her best to protect the children um, that are coming in with anxiety and um, illness um, because of the mask on for so many hours. Um, and she just was not heard. So please keep those dates in mind, May 10th and May 21st. And then Tuesday in Connecticut, um, there, if you can make it to that, look up the Connecticut uh, Freedom Alliance, then um, they really could use um, your support and energy um, and prayers um, to move these all in the direction we all want them to go to. I said, I'll take that information from you also, Hillary, okay? So, because, well, you know, I'm always out there anyway, so I might as well add that to the announcements, okay? And, uh, and Andrea, um, if, if there's any, any, nothing more uh, about this, I think I would really like to experience something that Andrea can offer that she's been offering with her contacts in person and now we can do it online you think it's a good time now andrea yeah, yeah we have time um so i was thinking we would just finish with a meditation to just ground ourselves into the the present moment into the support that's here the natural abundant unconditional loving support that's here uh, we feel fear and we feel anxiety when we disconnect from that um, in our knowledge. 
when we forget in the moment that, oh, wait, I have all this incredible unconditional support here. And then we can use that support. We can gather that force to then align with what is it that we want to create in our lives? What kind of life do we want to live? And I think as we take a breath and look around, this this is, you know, this is a, a little bit of a murky time. So, um so let's align ourselves with the creative life force and, and start to put our intent where we want our lives to, to go, what we want to create here, um, so that our emotions and our physical reality can, can um, be an effect of that. Um, so a good way to start is to put your feet flat on the floor. Usually when I'm doing a meditation, I'm sitting on my cushion, but here I'm sitting on a stool actually. Um, so just find the, your, so if you're seated on the floor, if you want to go to the floor, you can just sit um, cross-legged. If it's easier for you to sit in a chair, just make sure that your feet are flat on the floor. Um, and then when you're ready, you can just allow your eyelids to rest over your eyes. And just drop your awareness to your tailbone and your sit bones. And just allow your tailbone and your sit bones to really relax, to sink into the support of the chair, of the floor. And so it might even feel like it's a bit of a slouching movement. Your lower back releases and relaxes, your sacrum, your hips. And just let the chair, the floor, take all of your weight in a way. And then after you feel like you've grounded yourself into the support of the chair, the floor, bring your attention to your heart. And as if your heart were like a flower, just encourage your heart to lift, lift your heart like a flower reaching towards the sun. And so now we have this natural lengthening in the spine. And from here, your shoulders can relax away from the ears. Oftentimes when we get stressed, our, our shoulders end up creeping up towards our ears. So just relax the shoulders. And sometimes the head can kick back a little bit. So just tuck the chin ever so slightly just to keep that length, that lengthening in the spine all the way into the back of the head. So essentially your head is parallel to the ceiling and to the sky as equally as your sit bones and your tailbone are parallel to the floor. And now just gently bring your attention to the experience of the breath. What's it like from your nostrils point of view to experience the breath in this way? I'm just aware how this life is intrinsically and inherently connected to the support of the breath. And if you got really still, you would notice that 
you're not doing it. It's not like you are standing here telling yourself to breathe. It happens with or without your permission. The breath is choiceless in a way. So just for now, just pay attention to what it feels like from the body's point of view to experience the breath in this way. Give yourself permission to let the breath get longer, lazier. Let the breath become luxurious. Let the exhale be full and complete, even squeezing the air out at the end into the lower belly towards the tailbone. And then let that exhale go. And watch how the inhale just is naturally born out of that full exhale. And so the exhale is a teacher. It tells us that we need to let go of the past, to let go of old paradigms, to let go of that which is no longer needed. In order to make room, to make space for the inhale. And the inhale connects us to the light of peace, which is the light of strength. The inhale brings us the grace of the present moment, brings us healing. Even from the point of view of the body, it oxygenates the blood, helps the body's immune system to work optimally. And so each breath is healing. And notice that it's only possible because we exist on this earth plane. part of the incredible, unconditional, abundant support of the earth. Notice how the earth gives us this surface to live on, to build our homes on, ride around on. She gives us this air to breathe, water to drink, provides us with the food to eat, and supports the lives of other animals and men and women, children, to learn from, to love, to interact with each other.
And so just give yourself permission to relax into the incredible, abundant, unconditional, natural support that's here, that never leaves you. Never leaves you. And you could expand your awareness to include that which created the earth plane in the first place. That which created this support, the original support. And it's unknowable. We, we often call it God, but truly it's unknowable. And so our existence never leaves the mind of that which created all of this, including us in the first place. We're all held in that same mind. We're safe in it. And so what we are is love. Love wanting to beget itself, to make more of itself. And so through the exhale, we release that which is unlike love. so that we can bring in and breathe in that which is of peace, of love, to create the conditions for happiness and joy in our lives, even in the face of external chaos and madness. And so at the end of your next exhale, I'll have you remember your hand, maybe your right hand, and as you inhale, bring your right hand to your own heart and place your left hand over your right hand and just connect, come home here to your own heart. And just drop in, drop into your deep, deep down wisdom, the depth of your true nature, your true self, and ask. Ask your deep down true wise self to show you what life can be created out of love. Out of pure freedom and strength. What kind of life do we want to create for ourselves? Do we want to put our energies towards? What values do we want to make manifest in this time-space reality? What kind of work do you do? How do you spend your time? Who do you spend your time with? How do you create? How do you play? How do you love? Ask your deep down wisdom to show you what qualities, what states of grace need to be embodied today to help bring your vision, your deep down wisdom's vision 
to fruition. And let's just take a moment to acknowledge that this heart that beats is the same as all the hearts that beat. We're the same. And so let's turn our hands into the prayer position, connecting the thumbs to the heart. And in this prayer position, let's just offer a wish and a prayer. Let's offer the wish and the prayer that all beings everywhere know in this lifetime and in all lifetimes true happiness and peace, God-given strength and wisdom. so that we can play well together here. And so to this we say thank you, it is done, and so it is. And then you can relax your hands and just bring your eyes, rather bring your attention to the light that's shining on the other side of your eyelids, the light that's been here this whole time. And then when you're ready, you can begin to blink your eyes open to let in the light and just come back to this space using your physical sight. Thank you so much. And the viewers say thank you to all. I hope this was as meaningful and precious to us and to others, okay? And in what else can we say? <laughs> in my language, I say mabalos, that means thank you. And we manifested here for this purpose. We came here to be what, you know, we came here at this beautiful, perfect time to be what we are. So just, you know, be you and thank you for being you. This is a beautiful meditation, very relaxing and feel connected. Oh, thank so, you. Okay, definitely. This is just, we're always connected. It's up to us to disconnect, but we're intentionally connecting now. All right. Okay. Thank you, and Grace. Thank you. Thank you, you very all, much. I'll put all the information and there's other questions and this will continue to, for you guys to see and please pass it on to others and don't hesitate to reach out for more information thank you have a thank good you. sunday thank you